Welcome to Food and Loathing, the podcast that will get you drooling like Pavlov's dog at a bell choir <laughs> recital. <laughs> I'm your host and chief ding dong, Al Mancini. Co-hosting with me today is offthestrip.com food writer, Samantha Gemini Stevens. Hello, Gemini. Hello. I'm thinking there are worse things that have been called than a ding dong, so maybe this is all right. <laughs> I call myself the chief ding dong. You don't I'm have to be thinking. a ding dong if you don't want to. <laughs> I can now hear it dinging in my head. Great. Yeah. <laughs> and Hi. <laughs> You can hear him joining us via Zoom from our Oregon office and where he is charged with engineering the entire concerto. We have, of course, the one and only Rich Johnson. Rich, how are you, my friends? Pretty good. Started in Oregon. Right now I'm sitting in beautiful uh, Redmond, Washington. The, uh, oh, we summer. have a Redmond office. Oh, yes, we do. Office. Right, right <laughs> next Building to Microsoft. Yes, yeah. And a lot of time at the Pike Place Market that I'll get, get into later. Cool. We're awesome. building empires here. Perfect. Um, to quote, um, who was that? <laughs> Queensryche from Seattle. Oh, yeah. Are. There you go. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, yeah. So as you can tell, we are doing this via Zoom, which means I'm coming to you on my couch from with Ziggy Stardust, the dog <laughs> hanging next to me. Um, but we have been out and about and all over the place this week. So we've got lots of fun happening for you. If you're a regular listener to the show, you already know how we start this off. But if you're a newcomer, we like to talk about where we've been eating, where we've been drinking. Um Sometimes a little home cooking, but mostly restaurants that you can visit. Um, so, look, Rich, you've been away. I know that, you know, you are, have not been dining here in Las Vegas, but I'm yeah. hoping maybe you got some meals that are interesting enough that our hometown crowd may want to know about it. I got a couple things for you here. I, I'm in a, almost into week three of my Pacific Northwest trek. A comfortable drive up and down Interstate 5 from Portland to Seattle and uh, in a couple of days back again. Uh, one Vegas food note. The Village Pub, which is in the uh, e-concourse at Harry Reid, right near the Alaska Airlines uh, gates, had a meal there before I flew north. Nicely fried fish in batter, decent freezer fries. The fish and chips noted on their menu as the uh, place's specialty, and I saw about five other plates of it around for quick airport food. It was pretty darn good. All right. Village Pubs, if I'm not mistaken, are owned by the Ellis family that owns oh, Ellis Island Casino. Yeah, and, we love um, them. Also own, you know, they do the things up on the mountain. They own the cabins up there yeah. and the lodge that's being rebuilt. So um, they do know a little something about food. So I'm not surprised to hear that you had something tasty from them. Yeah. And speaking of mountains, uh, for the first couple of days on Mount Hood, I don't ski anymore, but I can do the before ski and the après ski thing there. There's a venerable... <laughs> Old uh, joint known as the Huckleberry Inn that served me a monster breakfast of, guess what, bacon and eggs over medium, toast and hash browns, but it was really, really good. I did, after an all-day drink fest to celebrate a, a, a 50th birthday for a friend of my sister, uh, there's this one place where you uh, pay and jump on big inner tubes and go down the slope. You know, Head that's first. about... That's about my level at this point. We go up when we go yeah. up to Mount Charleston. I actually tube. I don't yeah, ski. I don't exactly. snowboard anymore. <laughs> Done both in my life. But now I'm just at the um, and that rich. I'm not saying this is you. I'm just yeah. saying for me, I'm at the fat, lazy, lard ass. Oh, yeah. I'm sitting in a tube. <laughs> Let gravity do the work. Yeah. That gravity do her thing. And the nice thing is that we did this at night. They opened like eight at night to do this. Uh, and uh, there was a nice little moving sidewalk to take you back up. Which was oh, cool. man, that really makes it easy. Yeah, I really did. Yeah. So I got about six or seven runs in. Mostly home cooking uh, at my sister's home. I made, did another stab, but uh, something I mentioned many weeks ago, a vegan spaghetti sauce using impossible Italian sausage. This was a little chunkier than last try. I uh, cut up the sausage into coins and fr fried it so it stayed kind of together. Used diced tomatoes instead of crush, and it was pretty, pretty nice. Awesome. Seattle uh, featured a day in my happiest, more than a day, my happiest place on earth. That would be the Pike Place Market. Been about four years since I've been up here, and so it was jammed. Seattle tourism is definitely back. It was also the weekend of the uh, the women's NCAA uh, semifinals in uh, regional finals in Seattle, so that was uh, very busy. And as we record this, it's just about here, and as you listen to it, it's happened already. Opening day, the Mariners uh, open at home, and that's... Uh, going to be a full thing i found a cool very authentic french restaurant i've known it's been there it's been there forever it's been there for 50 years it's called maximilian it's behind 
where they throw the fish. I never buy the fish they throw. I go to another place no, and there's a butcher's, that. <laughs> a butcher's shop. And then because really? all the bit. other fish that you get, Gemini, you don't think a million people have touched. <laughs> really? Really? You live in this enough. world of denial <laughs> where if you don't see it, it doesn't fucking happen. Yeah. Anyway, they had a, you know, had a 55 year old French male waiter with a French accent. I uh, had a, a tart flambe, roasted onions, bacon and cheese baked in a pastry shell topped with some greens, a little French Pinot. And man, it was more than wonderful. But that set the table for Saturday night at Bourbon Steak, which is Michael Mina's joint in Seattle. They have seven bourbon steaks around the country, including uh, L.A., Orange County and Scottsdale, if you want to get there quicker. A lovely, quiet, modern, classic steakhouse, comfy baguettes, soft chairs, service that went over the top. We had uh, champagne for the table. There were six of us, courtesy of management. Uh, I had a wedge salad, scarfed up every little bit of blue cheese and lettuce leaf. And then I did surf and turf. I kept it fairly simple. There were some Wagyu rib caps and a bone-in and stuff like that. But I did a six-ounce filet and two monster scallops. And boy, that that was perfect. Dessert was a... Uh, Chocolate uh, flourless cake from Whole Foods, believe it or not. My sister bought it, banged on the door of the restaurant like like two, three o'clock hours before they opened <laughs> and uh, saw people and just, you know, said, here, take this uh, and give it to my my, my brother on his uh, birthday celebration. So so she wasn't there. Uh, oh, so no, she, she was there. No, no, oh, she, she did. did. She okay. did. But she just wanted that uh, sort of a secret that came out later. Cool. Uh, I, I Later, I learned because I know people who know people in the MENA group. <laughs> yeah, so thank you for that. <laughs> they waived the cutting fee. Have you ever heard of a cutting fee? I have, yeah. I mean, I don't know that I've ever month. heard of one, but I don't think it's in any way unreasonable if you're going to bring your own food into a restaurant or your own yeah. beverage into a yeah, restaurant. They're, it's they're it's kind of any restaurant to um to take care of you and yeah. in that situation. And I do think that you know you you got to expect to pay for it. Otherwise, you know, it's fuck. Yeah. You know, look, it's one thing if you bring your own um. And you're never mind. I don't want to talk yeah, about yeah. what I've snuck <laughs> into the movie theaters. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah. talk about me going to movie theaters with a million things of candy <laughs> under my um, <laughs> jacket yeah, or no, any no, of that. We shit. never but, had that. Kind of no, it thing. seems it seems quite reasonable. And but it was kind of them to waive it. And, um, you know, how, yeah. how was the meal? Oh, I was wonderful. Absolutely. And it looked like there was the general manager being our server a guy in a jacket. And he was just he, he knew what he was doing and he knew everybody and was telling people where to go. So that was kind of cool. Uh, the one little quibble, the uh, frites on the table in lieu of bread, three little cylinders holding a few frites, like seven or eight or nine, and three little flights of nice sauces. But the fries were stone cold and and really not that Ouch. great. But that is really digging uh, down to quibble. On, on okay, I mean, look if if they were if they were cold, clearly legitimate um gripe. But if if these are what I'm thinking <laughs> of, which is what they have here at Strip Steak, and should a bourbon steak ever end up here in Las Vegas, I'm sure they would have them there. <laughs> are going to be the um the duck fat fries, right? Ooh. And they are the greatest amuse bouche being offered in Las Vegas. The, the, the best free bar snack that you get in Las Vegas anywhere, as far as I'm concerned. The ones that are served here. It's three different types of duck fat fries. They each come with their different type. One comes with the flavored ketchup. A couple come with aiolis that are placed. There's yeah. truffles on some of them. There's all kinds oh of crazy God. shit. And they are fucking amazing every time I have had them. I love them. <laughs> I would put them up against the bread. I'd certainly put them up against the complimentary bread service any place in Las Vegas. Yeah. I will be so bold as to say the ones at Strip Steak are better than the paid bread anywhere in Las Vegas. And <laughs> keep in mind that they are free. And yes, I know that's sacrilege to say because we always kiss James Tree's ass on the show and we love his paid <laughs> bread. Um, but I, all I would say is no, man, those fries, the way they're served here in Las Vegas are yeah. fucking amazing and the best free snack that you get anywhere ever. It flashes me back to the day when a lot of great bar snacks used to be out there all the time, um, like the breadsticks and yeah. um, the Carnivino, things like that, but they don't have them. So I'm sorry that yours weren't good, yeah. but um, and I, clearly them being cold is a is a screw up and yeah. certainly something that should have been, you know, you'd hope that they would rectify. But <laughs> your yeah. overall description of those things okay. was Al very vehement about this. I will it's because I love I those these... fucking fries. Have you had them, Gemini? No, now I want them really badly yeah. right now. <laughs> and now I go I, to I the bar at Strip Steak, order anything, and they'll fucking <laughs> tell them you're going to eat, and they'll bring those out before Done. you even place your order. This weekend, <laughs> I will do that when I get back just to compare and contrast to see if that is indeed. And speaking of uh, fries, though, 
My long-delayed Seattle trip included a pilgrimage to the city's best homegrown burger joint known as Dick's. There's only about four or five of them. The burger is serviceable frozen patty with uh, their signature little mayo mustard relish sauce. The real star, the French fries, blanched, then fried, all in heated oil. They come out hot and greasy. I mean, like five guys greasy, a little smaller <laughs> fry than though, but they're so, so good. Bourbon steak is wasted on you. I know. <laughs> but the other big highlight of this trip, the one thing I come to the Northwest for is Dungeness crab. And I have mm. three big Dungeness crabs I bought for my friend and his wife for him staying out here in Redmond, sitting at the kitchen counter with some uh, wine. I got some Josh Pino. And uh, we had an hour-long shuck fest, and uh, I, you know, like Maryland crabs, you eat and you you pound you have and to you shuck them while you go. eat them because yeah. it's so much work, and I love them. But yeah, that's I so do much too. Work. Uh, uh, Dungeness, I will pick the whole thing. Yep. And then it's have like that opening a lobster, pile. right? I mean, oh, it's real easy. A little yeah. bit, yeah. I mean, it takes a little more work, but it's you can make the big pile about one per person, <laughs> and boom, crab, wine, sourdough bread. That is all I need in life. I'm guessing you can't pull them out of like the the water yourself like you can with Maryland crabs, right? You like the- can, uh, divers can, uh, divers but can, there's a but- season, yeah. And you don't have to go far off off the pier to to find them. Uh, many many decades ago, I did that with a guy who ran a restaurant on a pier in Seattle, and he and his buddy went out in their scuba gear uh, north, about 20 miles north of Seattle. I picked up about 20 crab, some of them not very legal, brought them back <laughs> to the restaurant, and put them in and cooked them and we cracked those and we had sourdough bread and we had mm. white wine and it was at the end of this pier it was pier 50 uh no, no pier 70 driving rainstorm outside it's like november december and we are having this crab with butter and and it's that was my best meal I'm in seattle so ever hungry right now <laughs> <laughs> i can't imagine myself learning to scuba dive in order to do that no but, um, i just does just sound like no fun. friends who can oh, i love That's scuba the... diving come on let's go yeah and, no, and you gotta well you know remember the water is 50 <laughs> degrees it will kill you fast you need a full-on That's wetsuit. what the wetsuits are for <laughs> yeah indeed anyway that's me uh, here up well, here well i'm glad you're having fun up there um gemini you're a little closer to home what have you been eating in oh the gosh. lovely Las Vegas Valley? I feel like we've been eating everything. So we've had people in town visiting from various places. And so, and John's birthday was on Saturday. So we kind of did this whole sort of long weekend, you know, shove as much in our faces as we can. Um, you know, Friday, we took a, a visiting friend to the Toddy Shop Pop-Up by Chef Hemant Kishore, currently being housed at the parlor on Carson Avenue in downtown Las Vegas. And we're going to talk more about it later in the show, but just, oh my God, go buy everything. We'll get a chance to hear more from the chef a little bit. Yeah, you've later. got, you're doing the full center of this episode, oh, right? Yeah. You have so, a, a nice so long interview this, with them. Oh yeah. So I'm going to keep this super short and just say, go, go, go eat everything. It's twice a month. We'll give you all those details. It was just mind blowing. Um, before that, we stopped over to the bar at Hugo's Cellar in the basement of the Four Queens on Fremont Street. Um, we've been friends with the bartender and the sommelier there for quite a while. And so we thought, oh, what a great little spot to pop in. And then we can walk over to the parlor and, uh, you know, the drinks are spirit forward. They have everything you like. You can't eat food at the bar. So if you go to Hugo's, just remember it's a cocktail first or something, some wine, but if you're eating, you have to go and get a reservation in the restaurant. Um, but I mean, the drinks are massive. You get a carafe with your martini glass. So it's, you're kind of getting two drinks in one. Wow. Um, but yeah, the service is great. The people are great. Um, just had to give them a little bit of a shout out because, um, no, there's we, one of our Hugo's favorite bars great, to sit though. at. Oh yeah. Hugo's is awesome. And it's, you know, it's one of those places that they've been doing it for 50 years or whatever they've been doing it for. And they, you know, you never Hey, look, I, I'm not going to pretend I go there that frequently, but you go every couple of years, you pop in and you're like, they haven't fucking lost a step, man. They're no. not they're not sitting back and just, you know, do. Re- oh, well, we got the reputation. You know, right. they they still give a shit, it feels yeah. like. And, you know, that's even the best of best restaurants. Eventually, you know, they they come and they go. They have lulls in, you know, when when they're great, yep. when they're not so great. But um, I've never had a bad time in there. I've been going there for the full 20 years that I've been living in Las yeah. Vegas. Yeah, it's one of our favorites. We usually have this specific group of people that likes to go over there. Um, So one of the guys that was with us was one of those that group of people. And uh, but yeah, just really great to sit there and have a chat with the bartender and have a couple of cocktails. Um, Saturday was John's birthday. 
So we wanted to keep it super fun and casual. So we filled a table at the Hofbrauhaus, house, those great big communal tables. Whoa, we, had yeah. about, we had about 16 <laughs> people and uh, we did family style. So we ordered these new to me because it's been a couple of years um sausage sharing platters and um <laughs> oh my god people ordered various types of schnitzel and sour broughton and somebody ordered a roast chicken and there was all kinds of like little snacky things and, and whatever in between uh john even got an official hofbra house boot with his beer that he got to take home um but yeah they they never disappoint i mean the pretzels are large the beer cheese is fantastic um, the sauerkraut and things like that are really great. My only, I think my only complaint is that when somebody tells me they're going to put radishes and butter on the menu, I expect either full radishes or like maybe quartered or something. Some of their great bread, they make great bread there. Um, but it was this tower of um, those, those twisted cut veg where it's all one piece. If you pick it up, it yeah. looks like a big chain mm -hmm. and this huge tower, beautiful white radishes, but only four pieces of bread, no extra butter. No. So that part was a little disappointing, but everything else is great. The hospitality was amazing. Um, we got John up to do the beer holding game and they got him to, you mentioned ding dong earlier in the show, you know, he was up playing the bells with one of the musicians. So yeah, just a really, really great time. Hospitality was lovely. Cool. Um, you know, it's James trees, man. Sunday we went to brunch at Esther's, <laughs> yeah. um, and you know, it's just some really solid dishes. We shared porchetta Benedict. We shared a truffle polenta with mushrooms and we shared this really great chicken fried steak that I'd never had there before that had more of like a, almost like a romesco meets a mohamara kind of sauce, that red pepper with like oil and lots of texture and maybe some nuttiness. Not gray um, library paste? No, no. It was really, <laughs> really like bright and acidic. Um, and, but the two things that stood out honestly were a couple of cocktails. We had one called a Rosemary's Baby, which is like a Negroni meets a, a whiskey or a gin sour. It had that layer of foam on top. And they do it with like a little like torched rosemary syrup or something infused with that. And then the other one was cacao y fuego, which was chocolatey without being overly sweet, had a great foam, a touch of heat. It was like, that was dessert. We didn't order dessert. We didn't need it. Um, so yeah, just a fantastic time out on the back porch. They've still got the heaters running because it's a little bit cool. The tents weren't open. Um, but you know, if you can get in there for a Sunday brunch, you, you've got it made. Um, and then really quickly, and, and I think Al, you and I have something in common here this week. Um, uh, Monday we went to Anima. <laughs> yeah, I was at Anima this week as well. So yeah. tell me what you had. You, uh, you show me yours, I'll show you mine. I love that. Um, so usually we do the tasting menus because then there's a little bit of something and everybody gets to try, you know, variations of what they have. But we were with uh one particular friend who'd been there a few times with us and one of her girlfriends who'd never been there. So we decided to go a la carte pick up some standards. They did allow us to get a couple of things from the tasting menu and some of their specials. So like I had the caviar egg. Um, we had the bikini because everybody has to have a bikini at least once in their life. And if you don't know what that is, um, that's the really, really tiny pressed sandwich, the super rich, super crispy, full of cheese, how it's so tiny and full of that much flavor. I have no idea. Huh. Um, magic magic. It is. It's all magical. Um, so we had the flower and cauliflower. We had the eggplant Parmesan that when you saw the plate, you would never in your life guess that it was eggplant Parmesan, but then you eat it and it is absolutely eggplant Parmesan. It's so good. Um, yeah. And just, they use, and what that is, is they, they do the cheese as a spuma, which is sort of yep. a foam. And they do, instead of the tomatoes, they use a tomato powder. Yeah. So it's almost like a molecular gastronomy deconstructed, yeah. reconstructed take and it on lightens like, everything part. up. And, but you still get all those really great flavors. Um, we dug into the lamb chops. We had mushroom risotto. We had the foie gras terrine, um, the Dover sole, which was probably the thickest cut of Dover sole I'd ever had. And probably one of the most tender. Cause I am a sucker for, soul manure or something like that. And this was not that it was more rich, um, you know, it had a bigger sort of texture and bigger sort of, um, um, chew to it, but it was beautifully done. Uh, and then of course we had to have the green tartare. I fell in love with that when it was first introduced and that's, you know, a bunch of veg and some herbs, super light, all chopped up into like a little salad. Um, we did have the uni toast, 
We had a huge chunk of the menu. I love that uni toast. <laughs> I, it wasn't I had that, that delicious. Toast well, that was on the specials menu oh. the night I was in there, I believe. And they were generous with the uni, so. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> really excellent. Uh, yeah, super, super amazing. So, yeah, we had a huge chunk of the menu, a few of the tasting items, and that didn't even include, you know, a couple of bottles of wine between us. We, Of course, they brought over Amari at the end of the night. So, yeah, we certainly made a night of it. And it was a great, great way to spend what ended up being just a really long weekend with friends and celebrating my husband's birthday. So, well, happy birthday to John. Um, yes. Did you get the new amuse bouche plate of the Ooh. three amuse bouches with the peanut? With the little, yeah, the artificial yes. peanut in there, which was oh, crazy. And then the macaron, it was savory macaron <laughs> and um, those little balls on the, on the, I don't even remember what the third one was. I think yeah. it was a potato based uh, dish on the little serving spoon. I have a picture spoons. of it. Yeah. On the um, spoon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those were great. It I sounds like sure we had what to call it, but it was so good. <laughs> yeah. We had a lot of great, a lot of the same things. I would also mention, um, and I didn't take great notes on this one, uh, but the artichoke a la catalana which oh, I had I never had before. And it's kind of like this spread out artichoke that's put out Ooh. there. Um, and it comes with a green tomatillo Romanesco, but also foie gras shavings. And this is where I really wasn't doing my job as a journalist. I didn't. Um, <laughs> I was just too busy stuffing my face that day when we were dining at the bar. But um, I don't know what they were actually shaving. You know what I mean? Like, like sure. what they do with the foie gras, like how, what form they put it in that they almost grate it like a cheese grater. And I'm not sure what they created so that they could do it that way on top. But it was really wild. So I'll, I'll try to get some. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested time. if they if they just froze it or if they turned it into something. Um, yeah, I, I made a foie gras ganache last week, but that's more of that spreadable pate. Uh, I don't know how I would shave foie gras otherwise. So, yeah, please. find Yeah. That for and I, I just sort of got distracted. I wasn't taking good notes because when I were looking like, wasn't that supposed to be foie gras shavings? And when I see him doing it and we we're like, wait, how is that? That wasn't like a lobe <laughs> of foie gras that they were running across a cheese grater. That wouldn't be <laughs> great. So I, I do apologize that I don't have good notes on that, but I would, I would recommend trying that artichoke dish, though, because it's really, really good. I will look into it. Thank you. Cool. Um, okay. You? Is it my turn? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I should start with a meal at um, Azura Cucina Italiano in Henderson. Say the- that five times fast. Yeah, no, I will not. <laughs> um, this is run by Chef Alessandra Madeira and her husband, Walter Ciccone. Um, he runs the front of the house. She's in the kitchen. You may remember both of them from Bertalian. Yeah. Um, Chef Alessandra is Chef Carla Pellegrino's sister. Some people may know that. I mean, there's, you know, I must feel like I shouldn't mention it because her food is fantastic. It stands on its own. Um, but they did work together at Bertalian. Um, and then she was over at Esther's Kitchen for a while. She was mm-hmm. making pastas for them and doing all kinds of cool stuff. Um, so they have this new restaurant. It's way the fuck down on Water Street. It's like okay. past the Water Street side, past the lifeguard arena you know just just a little bit past it but you know past the lifeguard arena um tiny little space in the front of this kind of complex that this architect built you know and then he wanted a restaurant within his his building um and it is tiny uh inside there are nine tables and maybe seven seats at the bar um and it kind of feels like the I don't want to say this in a derogatory way, but it feels like if you're walking into like a little diner, little hometown diner, right? Because, you know, you can see the chef in the back, you know, there's counter seating at the bar. It's very tiny, very small. Um, very hard to get into. And, uh, you know, I've seen people bitching online that, oh, I couldn't get a reservation and they were rude to me. Well, if you try to walk into a tiny place without a reservation, without a res- you're probably <laughs> just going to be pissed <laughs> that they're, you know, so I don't really buy that they were rude because Walter is a consummate professional. Uh, but man, who knows? Um, but I would say get a reservation. I mean, look, I was asked to come in and every time I threw out a date, without giving them a lot of notice, they're like, no, we just can't get you in tonight or we can't get you in tomorrow yeah. night. You need to give me more more notice on that. So, um, you know, be aware that it's really, really tough to get into a great restaurant, though. I mean, I really, really enjoyed it. And there will be more seats available when they open up the patio because awesome. they have a large patio. It's just, you know, we're in March, at the end of March, it's almost April and it's still miserable cold. Still I, having weird weather. Yeah. I never yeah. remember a time when it wasn't alfresco dining by this late in the year. Right. But it's not. <laughs> so hopefully that patio will open up soon and that'll give them a lot more space. Uh, we had their meatballs because you got to do the meatballs. Um, you know, Sue's the meatball kind of store in the family. She absolutely loved them. Uh, I liked them as well. I'm just not really a meatball guy, you know, like for my Fair. opinion, it doesn't really make much of a difference. 
difference because to me, a meatball is almost always a meatball. Um, <laughs> it's a ball of meat, you know. Um, it's a ball of meat. <laughs> the sauce has a lot to do with it, but you know, it's just it's not my thing. But Sue loves a good meatball, and she absolutely loved it. Um, Walter really recommended we do the fried cauliflower, um, which comes with the buffalo sauce. And, you know, it, they're, they're really known for it. And if you could really make cauliflower into a junk food, then that would be what these they're doing with this. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's it's really solid. I don't feel like I got any nutrition out of it, but, you know, it was fucking good. I, I did enjoy it quite a bit. Um, I always do. Look, this is a place where the menu is just heavy on Italian classics, it's heavy on familiar dishes that your grandmother may have made if you came from a, a um, Italian family. Oh, so, yeah. you know, they're not doing a lot of things that are really crazy. So I always go in a restaurant like that. There are a couple dishes that um, I try. I either try the carbonara or I try the linguine with clams. Here I did mm. the linguine with white clams because they didn't have a carbonara. And it was Fantastic. Absolutely loved it. Um, Sue's trying to cut back on the carbs. She did z- zucchini noodles with shrimp and cherry tomatoes. A little oh, bit of kick to that. Really, really solid dish. So, um, you know, if you're trying to c- cut back on carbs, I would highly recommend that. Um, media dinner then last week at the Mirage. And I should say that I feel like the Mirage is living in this limbo now. You know, we're, we're hearing all the news stories about the hard rock. They presented mm-hmm. the plans yeah. tearing down the volcano. They're going to put yeah. that guitar shaped um, hotel tower where it is. And I think a lot of people forget that the Mirage is still open for business. They're still yeah. doing things. Um, and it's probably going to be a couple of years before this gets rebranded as the hard rock. Um, I mean, it's it's going to be a while. You're going to see that Mirage sign on the marquee for quite some time. The Beatles love is still playing there, which alone is a great oh, reason to go, always yes, go over is. to that resort. Um, so I guess they just really wanted to remind us of the fact that they are still there and they still have restaurants that we've come to know and love over the years. So yeah. they brought in all the press and they had five of their restaurants do a tasting for us. And Amazing. each restaurant brought out multiple dishes. I will say, Gemini, you've been to these media dinners. You know, mm-hmm. they can go on for fucking ever. <laughs> I'm right? sorry I missed this one. Like, well, no. Uh, this one was nice. It was done really well. It was short, sweet, and and done well. So, because I looked at this, I was like, five restaurants plus a bar that yeah. are presenting. But you're looking at your watch a lot and with some of these. Yeah, and there's going to be multiple <laughs> dishes. And I was like, what the fuck? I'm going to be getting, they're going to have to give me a room for this place. But yeah. they actually got us in and out pretty quickly. And it was fantastic. Each of the restaurants brought their dishes out together, like all three of their dishes and little samplers, um, okay. which made it cool, like heritage steak. Heritage steak, by the way. And I'll be the first to admit I've never been a huge fan of Tom Colicchio's local steakhouses. I've liked them, but you know, it's, they're never places that I've put at the top of my steakhouse list. Fair enough. Um, but these guys really delivered. Um, they did a tiny little baby lobster thermidor. They, they did a fantastic, and that's done. They basically did it just with the claw, right? Yeah. So, you know, they kept the rest of the lobster for something else, obviously. Um, they did a fantastic carrot ginger soup um, and a smoked Romanesco. Really great dish. But Otoro came out big. They did a good Chilean sea bass mm. with champagne yuzu miso butter. And they did a fantastic baked king crab with ahi amarillo Ooh, and yuzu hello. pepper sauce. Really, really fucking good. Stack, which I mean, man, I remember I had the, my friends from Stack cater a party for Sue and I's um, wedding vow renewal probably 20 years ago or 50, 18 years ago up at the, one of the penthouse suites at the Mirage. It hasn't been that long since I've been back to Stack, but it's been a while and it was great to see them, you know, still there, still rocking. They did a really nice scallop for for us, which came with um, pork belly and sweet peas and leeks. Mm -hmm. And then they gave us a little bit bit of their classic burger with the white cheddar bacon and that big, large onion ring that they put on top. So that was solid. Um, Osteria Costa um, came out with some peas and burrata, which I got to give them credit. That's a ballsy dish to bring out at a um, at a press dinner like that. And it worked really, really well. And also some pasta and a spicy vodka sauce and Diablo Cantina. Which, you know, there was a day when Diablo Cantina was like the place, right? That's yeah. where like Holly Madison was always having her picture taken and all that shit. <laughs> yeah. And when they were over at on the old whatever was there before the Park MGM. Um, <laughs> was, oh, yeah, yeah. The, the Monte Carlo. Monte right? Carlo, so, yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, I wasn't really drinking. There were cocktails from all these places. You guys know I don't do much more than sip a cocktail when I'm at these tastings these days. Yeah. Um, the avocado margarita did not do much for me, but everybody else was blown the fuck away by it. I mean, serious, hands down, every other person at my table, and there were a lot of people at my table, loved this avocado margarita. I saw that one come across social media. And yeah, the, the, what I heard and, and what I saw looked and sounded amazing. 
Yeah. So, um, you know, give it a shot again. I only had a couple sips. I didn't really get to dig into it. Uh, the chicken tinga enchiladas were great. So it was a little skewer of, of filet mignon with some mushrooms and some red chimichurri. It was fantastic. Um, we were speaking of Chef Carla Pellegrino and her sister moments ago. I should mention that I went to Limoncello with our friend Rob Cashel Reese and his wife, yeah. Mary. Um, oh, a little hiccup there. I'm still thinking <laughs> of that meal. Um, great meal. Absolutely fantastic. We saw Chef Carla. Um, we did. We started with one of their Mediterranean salads, which is fantastic. We had their octopus off of the specials menu. I'm not sure that I love it that much more than their normal octopus, but um, I think it may be replacing it. But, you know, cool. It's solid octopus. Um, Bianco pizza, um, which came with prosciutto, shaved cheese and arugula was really, really great. Great crust on that pizza. And, um, you know, the obviously high end prosciutto that, that Carla's going to use there and um, good cheese. So it was really, really solid. I would go back for more of their pizzas and see what they do with more you know traditional ones with some yeah. sauce uh i told you i always like to get carbonara so we did a little carbonara for the table and it was fantastic it was just a touch looser like a touch saucier than than i like it i like it just a little drier yep. it's just a little bit wetter but i mean that, i'm talking about you know on a scale of nine to ten they were like at a nine and i wanted it at a ten you know what i mean so it was really really good dish though um they did we did some gnocchi with cherry tomatoes that were fantastic um and then a pair of those massive prawns when you go into limoncello one of the things that'll surprise you maybe if you haven't been there before is they have one of those there's uh, fish markets out Similar oh, okay. to what Bobby Flay has at Amalfi or similar to what they have at Milos, right? Much yep. smaller scale, um, maybe closer on par with the one that they have over at um, at Red Rock now at the new at Nexus Taverna, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So the fish are out there for you to look at. And we're sitting at the table. And we're not too far from the display. And I'm going, yeah, we got to try those prawns. And people are looking over Rob and Mary and Sue and like, where, where are the prawns? I don't see them over there. I'm like, no, those are the prawns. They're like, those are the prawns. I thought that was the like a fucking like sea bream, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're just, they're massive. And so we did a couple of those just with some beautiful butter, brushed with oh. butter. Um, and we did some chili and sea bass. So fantastic uh, meal at Limoncello. I'm really starting to like that place a lot. Uh, Rick Moonen went out with Sue and I um, the other day. We were going over to Wolfgang Pucks to see that puppy thing we told you yeah. about last week, the dog benefit. Um, it was impossible to get a table in there at Pucks Players Locker. So um, before we went over to support the puppies, we did brunch at Jing. I've never How been a huge fan. I, I, Jing has never you know, been like the atmosphere that I like. But you know what? Their food. It's always rock solid and I'm um, going in for brunch. It wasn't so much of the party atmosphere that, you know, kind of just is a little too loud for me. Sometimes mm -hmm. um, we, we really enjoyed ourselves um, from like some truffle deviled eggs that Sue wanted to try that were really good to a little bit of their sushi rolls. We did a snow crab roll and a rainbow roll that were really good. Um, Rick had a breakfast sandwich. I had a really fucking good burger, kind of steakhouse burger piled high with just absolutely everything and avocado and cheese, and bacon, and you know, just ridiculous i ate about a third of it um but it was fantastic sue helped me out and she ate a little bit herself so that was awesome and this i guess brings me to the pizza expo Yay. i just came back from the actual pizza expo today it, it was fun you know i didn't notice any huge trends you know beyond what we talk about every year you know people pushing vegan cheeses you know there's you know whatever but um Pizza Expo is just a really fun way for people in the industry to reconnect and have a good time. And of course, there's everything available there. There's the flour. There's the machine that makes mm -hmm. the dough. There's the um, the fucking toppings, the sauces, different types of sauces, different types of tomatoes. You know, it's really everything that is pizza and the competitions. And it was a really good vibe over there. But one thing that's really cool is because you you know, the general public can't go to Pizza Expo. Mm -hmm. um, there was a party on Sunday. Every year, Tony Gemignani hosts a party at Pizza Rock for the attendees of the conference, right? Mm -hmm. And so, again, public can't get into this thing, right? And it's Pizza Rock's pizza. So what Slice Out Hunger and the Vegas Pizza Alliance did this year was they took their benefit that they do and they moved it over there to the sidewalk in front of Tony Gemignani's um pizza rock on third street and it was a really great setting it was a lot of fun um and i did get to chat with a few people over there i guess let's start off with scott wiener scott is with slice out hunger and of course they were one of the sponsors i started off um, by asking him how the event came to be 
Tony's got this event happening inside. You kind of have to be in the pizza business to enjoy it. And it's great. It's a great way for people in the business to meet each other. But we wanted a way for the public to enjoy the beauty of Pizza Expo with an event like this that like, you get all these people from the best pizza makers from around the world coming to your town, Las Vegas. We want you to have access to it. So that's what the event's all about. Cool. And could you talk a bit about Slice Out Hunger and what the mission is and what you guys have accomplished? Our mission is simple. We want to support hunger relief organizations across the country, and we do that through the engine of independent pizzerias. And we've raised over a million and a half dollars over the past seven, eight years, and we do it through little micro donations. Some companies will support us, but really, small organization, mostly run by volunteers, and the pizza community, which is incredible. Hundreds of members deep, and everybody wants to show up for an event like this and uh, be together and show support for people in need. And tell me a bit about the lineup you have here today. Oh my goodness, we've got like a dream team of pizza makers happening here. And of course, last night we're getting calls about people's flights got delayed, they might not make it to cook, but we got Leah Skirto, we got Rebellion from here in town, John Arena from here in town, Tony, who's half Las Vegan, half San Franciscan. You know, we got Ed from uh, 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 Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and Anna Crusad from Pittsburgh as well. I'm looking around the room, I see from Louisville, Kentucky, we got Moza Pie. So, like, I just kind of went down the roster of who I knew was going to be here for the expo. Melissa Rickman from Denver, Colorado. And we just said, hey, why don't we all hang together, make pizza together, and show Las Vegas that we love coming to visit you all here. Then next up, I spoke with Tony Gemignani himself. Um, once again, we're starting this one with how the event came to be. But I also spoke to him about his move to L.A. and some other stuff. You know, last couple of years, we were trying to block off the street. So we finally were able to do it this year. And then Scott called me and said, hey, we're thinking of moving Slice Out Hunger and everything over here. And I said, okay, perfect. I got the street already blocked off. So it was kind of like the winning combo. It's like, okay, the, the Pizza Rock party gets so big now. It's like, what do we do? So it's kind of like, keep it big, keep it full, and let's just add Slice Out Hunger to it. It's just, it's a win-win for everyone. Cool. Um, how do you feel about the people, the lineup they have of pizza makers oh, out here? All-star lineup. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> like, yeah, old and new. I mean, it's great. It's great. Yeah, there's a lot of talent out here. So I've been seeing you everywhere, man. You were expanding um, Slice House all, all around the country, it seems. What's going on with that? Yeah, started franchising Slice Houses. Uh, sold a little over 30 right now. A lot coming in L.A., San Diego, Sacramento, all over the Bay Area. So 32 years of kind of... You know, we're making pizzas and it finally, you know, this is coming along. So it's been good. Really good. Yeah, I'm excited. How's it feel to go into new cities and, you know, introduce your pizzas to people who may not have had it before? It's pretty awesome to go into new cities. You know, like we get a lot of people from L.A. to eat at Tony's and we get a lot of people that eat at Pizza Rock. So it's people wanted me to come to L.A. And I said, you know, it can, it can never be a Tony's. It's kind of like one Tony's. But Slice House could be something. So it uh, it's exciting because people want it. And uh yeah, I'm just excited to share it. Yeah. There's a big renaissance in L.A. right now at Pizza, and I'm just glad we'll be a part of it. Nice. And what about here in Vegas, man? Anything interesting happening, new, exciting, strange at your existing properties or new pro new properties on the horizon? Maybe in a casino off the Strip, um, which is kind of interesting. I was just there on Friday, had a meeting. Redo it. One casino is getting, uh, man, about over $500 million in renovations, almost a billion. Uh, so uh, we might be a part of that project. So we'll see. And finally, the man, John Arena, the Yoda of pizza. Right? The, <laughs> the, the man, I, I always love to chat with him. I missed his demo today at um, Pizza Expo, but I did get to chat with him at this party, not only about the Pizza Expo and the party, but also about what he's up to in California these days. Pizza Expo has always been for the trade. But it, it can be so much more than that, and it's going to be great for people to see, get a little a little hint of what we do and why we come together and why it's much more than just a trade show. It's like a gathering of the tribes. You know, It's about everybody being together, sharing their love of pizza, sharing their love of community. So it's perfect. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful night, yeah. so we're going to have some fun. Cool. Now, you're just back from Dana Point, right? You've been in California. Could you talk a bit about what you got going on out there? we got a new place opening in Dana Point. It's really... Uh, a collaboration between Chris Decker and I that 
you know, we, we've been working together for years, but it was, he had so many new, fresh ideas that I'm too old to absorb, and uh, there's a chance for him to really show what all of the all of wonderful stuff he can do, and Mike Vaknin has also come on board to help us with that from Pop-Up Pizza, so we got like a really good crew, and all I got to do is stay out of their way, it will be a success. <laughs> well, the place looks beautiful, what I've been seeing on social media. Gorgeous! You got to come out. Where is it going to be, and when's it going to be open? It's in Dana Point. It's about two blocks from the beach, uh, in the Lantern District, and um, we will be we'll be training after right after Expo is over. We'll be open in May. Awesome, cool. So um, going into Expo, I'll t- turn the conversation back there again. Are you looking forward to anything specific to this year at the Pizza Expo? Is there a, a topic or a person or, or just a product that's really exciting this year? The most exciting thing for me is to be with all with everybody, to you know, to be with our colleagues. It's really a fellowship. There's amazing men and women in the pizza industry, and of course, anything that Tony Gemignani does, I'm always all over that because he's the greatest of all time. Coming up in the news, beer with the band Foreigner, and a chat with Mark Wahlberg. But first, Gemini's conversation with Hemant Kishore and Antonio Nunez. This is Food and Loathing. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here you are in Vegas, you're hungry, and the choices are endless. But do you really want to trust the crowd? You can trust Neon Feast, restaurant recommendations from real food pros sharing where they send friends and family. All that knowledge is just a download away on the Neon Feast app. You want the strip, off strip, downtown, great views, great value? Find smart, informed restaurant recommendations on the Neon Feast app and neonfeast.com. As I mentioned earlier, I popped into a pop-up that blew me away last Friday night. I got the chance to sit down with Chef Hemant Kishore and discuss what it's all about and the journey that got him here. Can you explain to people who are listening, what is a toddy shop okay. and how does that apply to what you're doing? Okay, so toddy shops are little dive bars, if you want to call it a dive bar. Uh, we don't have dive bar concepts in India. Um, so it's a drinking hole, let's call it a drinking hole. So toddy shops are uh, this drinking hole where you get an alcoholic beverage called toddy. Mm-hmm. So toddy is extracted from the sap of uh, coconut tree and it's fermented right on top of the tree itself. So you have this guy who would go uh, climb the tree and you know make a slit, collect it in an earthen pot and then it'll drip into the pot and then it'll ferment over the, over the day because very humid you know, tropical climate, and it'll ferment, and it'll it'll produce about 5 to 6% alcohol. That was my goal. I uh, got my brand, Toddy Shop, trademarked. It's been trademarked for yeah. two, two years now. So it, it is a challenge to ferment it here. We don't, we, we live in the desert, um, you know, so I don't know. That's my next step. Like if, if Toddy Shop becomes a restaurant, a bar, bring the food in and people from India when they come in they look for toddy you, no, you do need you set up a shop for that uh, we would probably have to source it from Mexico or something <laughs> okay yeah and we'll have to train them on how to do it sure yeah or I mean I don't know if we can import it from uh, India or Sri Lanka um, I'm super so. curious now so before we get on to your relationship with Antonio and how you ha- we happen to be sitting in this beautiful little space Tell me a little bit more about why you chose the flavors that you did. So we have two styles of chicken. Uh, one is a Trivandrum chicken fry. It's, yep. it's called a chicken fry, which is why I'm also calling it a chicken fry. Sure. It's, it's a street food. Uh, so you find it in street carts, you know, people cooking it. Okay. Live and serving it to you. Um, that's my favorite chicken ever. And that's what I really wanted to showcase. But I also want tandoori chicken is more popular and it's more approachable. Okay. So I introduce the flavors of tandoori chicken into American fried chicken. 
Um, that's so, fun. So that way you can, you know, try something different and try something that's more familiar. And so are those the difference between the naked and the saucy? Uh, no, the naked so, and the saucy is part of the tandoori fried chicken. Okay. Um, the naked is like it comes out of the uh, fryer. We brush it with a liberal amount of ghee and some chaat masala and methi, mm. uh, which is fenugreek leaves. Um, and the hot and saucy is uh, our take on the Nashville style hot chicken, but oh. with... Uh, a uh, similar uh, concept but with Indian flavors. So good. So we just so tell me how you chose the vegetable sides. T tell me why you chose those to go with these. Um, so I, I wanted rice, like, you know, like I'm Asian. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> right. I'm Southeast Asian. Um, so rice is like our staple carbohydrate. Uh, and this ghee rice, is, I use a shorter grain rice called kaima rice. And I don't, I don't believe that anybody else uses that in the U.S. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe a few restaurants, but I, I don't know. It's not common. It's not common. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it's very typical in uh, in Kerala for like festivals, weddings. You cook ghee rice, so it's a very celebratory dish. Um, so its main flavors are ghee, <laughs> as it says, uh, and as the name says. Yeah. And uh, spices like the. Kerala, where I'm from, is also known as a land of spices. When the spice trade happened, um, you know, the Portuguese and the French, they all brought spices from Kerala all over the world. So cardamom, peppercorn, mm. the telicherry peppercorn is from Kerala. It's my favorite. Um, and cloves, um, cinnamon, it's all from uh, grown in Kerala. So okay. I wanted to, you know, scent ghee with, you know, a little fragrance of these spices. And fried onion is a traditional garnish yep. for this, and then some ghee's, um, some raisins toasted in ghee. Love it. So, so let's get back to you know we're also sitting with Antonio Nunez. Uh, we're sitting in this beautiful space called the Parlor on Carson Street in downtown Las Vegas. It's six sixteen. Six six one six. Six one six. Yeah, yeah six sixteen. Yeah. There we go. I actually met Heyman at kitchen table. Yeah years ago and we kind of just hit it off and started going out hanging out and i got to know of a little bit more and we grew really close well he invited me one time uh, me and my girlfriend at the time yep over for dinner okay so, keep so going. we go we end up going down there and i'm like i don't know what to expect i'm not very influenced in indian food so sure. this is all new to me yeah you know i know like some of the basics like what you would you know, tiki marsala and things like that so i go over there and you know i meet his mom and you know he's got his uh PR girls over there and you know some closer friends and everyone's having a good time we're just eating they're just introducing all this stuff boom 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 here you go here you go here you go and I'm all like what the hell is this what the hell is this oh <laughs> eat everything and then all of a sudden like this like beef fry came out and I'm like yeah, I'm like what the hell? this is like God made this like <laughs> and I'm like and I just get this like epiphany and I'm eating it and I'm going through it and I'm like now what was uh, the 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 the, the tortilla thing? Yeah, the parota. I'm eating it like a taco. You know, God forbid my last name makes me look like I'm... <laughs> right? I mean... I'm all, just make it a taco. I'm like, this could be... Mexican. Like, it's very... I could I can introduce any of these flavor profiles sure. into Mexican food. Yeah. And I just, like, I, I'm like, so... Like we grew even closer, and we're he's constantly helping with like last Friday. We you know the five hundred one c that we did for the gentrification of Henderson. Um, we were just constantly out and doing stuff and hanging out, and um, we uh, decided to do a pop up, and that pop up. And I thought like, you know, we're all arrogant chefs, right? <laughs> we're we're reinventing. I think there's a level of arrogance that comes with being a good chef. Yeah. So I thought we reinvented the wheel. We were coming out with this new like. Uh, style of food so we did Indian Mexican fusion okay sold out immediately um, and it was just like we did all these great and foods and how long ago was that this was at the stove for first probably first year like 20 yeah 2018 2019 okay, okay. Um, and it was great and then I come to find out there's a place called Masali Maiz in Mexico City which was world renowned for what they were doing for <laughs> a 20 seat restaurant so I immediately flew down there to see what they were doing yeah and checked it out and you know like ever since then we've always had this like common marriage i'm more of a a cheerleader and a friend to people that are just good people mm -hmm. as opposed to just being with someone because they got a name or a brand right. it, it was more of a friendship yeah it wasn't even the cons i mean the food's great of course but it, it was like these are good like good people my evil plan was just to get him back in the kitchen 
So we were like, I need you to consult. I need you back, you know, and on your own time, on your own dime. If you want to be here, you can be here. If not, just consult, consult. And that worked. We got him in here. And it kind of created a spark. He man is sitting here laughing with his head in his hands. So tell me a little bit more about his approach when he, when he came to you and said, hey, I have this evil plan. I, I want to get you back in the kitchen. I want you to be slinging something. And, and of course, it was always going to be something that you love and something that you're passionate about. Yeah. What made you decide to say yes? Is it is it because he's your friend and you've known each other for a while? Is it the space? Is it both? Um, it was the relationship more than anything else. You know, um, I probably wouldn't have gotten back this quickly, or maybe not a few months, or maybe not ever again. I don't. I was thinking of completely switching careers. You, know, you did tell me that briefly not that long ago, and yeah. so tell me a little bit more about that. I was getting burned out, yeah. and um, a lot happened. You know, and. It took a toll on my mental health and yeah. I had to take some time off, you know, um, so he, he knows that part, side of mine. So it was easier to work alongside him and he would give me my space and not put, put a lot of pressure on me. So that worked out. And um, he invited me to come and um, do some pastries for him. Um, cause Sneaky bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so I did develop some pastry recipes and, you know, hung out for a little bit. Um, because uh, I initially, when I moved here, I was a pastry chef mm-hmm. at a coffee shop down the street. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say which one. <laughs> so that's very, okay. It's a very popular one. Uh, so I opened that. But uh, that's how I kind of got in the limelight. Yeah. Uh, people started noticing me. John Curtis, Al Mancini, Melinda, they all. I, I baked the bread and, you know, I set the pastry program there. So um, kind of, you know, met people, made connections, uh, maintained good connection, good relationship especially with good people like him yeah and um, he just wouldn't let go you know he just kept insisting even if i ignored text messages phone calls he would just made sure he made sure that i got back into it and i'm very grateful to him for that um, i was gonna say not to put either one of you on the spot but so when somebody is feeling that burnout mm-hmm. and, and i get it i've been there yeah um you know it, it can either be overwhelming and you just like want to give them the great big middle finger and say you know just leave me the fuck alone yeah but in your case you found it to be supportive you found it to be yeah. something that you really wanted to respond to yeah yeah we have a brotherly relationship so <laughs> that's wonderful that's wonderful he stopped you know he didn't stop pushing and uh, i probably wouldn't have done it if he didn't push me so much um, you know and i didn't stop because i i was tired it was literally mental health issues yeah. I, you know i have bipolar depression that I yeah, I mean, it's like certain um, situations uh, triggers it, yep. and then it, it takes me way longer than I'd like to get back. Never spoken about this for the first time. I appreciate it. I really, no, I really do. <laughs> Exclusive. It's, it, it's, well, I mean, there's that, but it's, it's important because a lot of people are not talking about it. Yeah. And I, I wanted to try something that is less stressful and more lucrative. I mean, it will be lucrative. I mean, it's lucrative in the sense that it's fulfilling, you know? Correct. Like, maybe not financially at this sure. point, but, you know, I'm not chasing money. It's, uh, yeah. So, I, I need my time. I need my service. Yeah. That's why I do my own thing. You know? So, you find your balance. You do your pop-ups. Yeah. You figure out the timing on yeah. that for you. Yeah, I can work How- out and, I, you know, balance my life. Yeah. So you've worked with so many people over the years. You've worked with every personality I know you have. Mm-hmm. You've worked in so many different um, um, spaces. How did you know that pushing him was the right thing to do? I, because he's obviously saying it's a good thing, but it's got to be hard for somebody who sees this. How do you, how do you decide what's good and what's, what's a good push and when you need to pull back? Well, the good thing is it's... It's not a hard push. I wasn't on them every day. Like you, sure. you, know, you do things in, in gradual notes and let them, because you know, the only person that's ever going to change himself is himself. Correct. They have to figure out that they really want it. And uh, but you for, loved something about him that his, made you feel him as a person. I love altogether. But yeah. I mean, beyond that, like when you look at and you see someone like Michael Jordan, right? Sure. And if they they when they walk away from to go play baseball, right? That's great. Which is, yeah. Right. That's kind of like in my mind. What on he, the outset, it's, it looks strange, but it was making him happy, so... <laughs> right, and that's kind of like what I, I seen with Amen. Like, he, he walked away, and I, I, I seen the discouraging areas of, yeah. like, 
people that would try to take advantage of investments or uh, things, you know, then it would discourage anybody. Like you feel like you're never going to get anywhere. And so you don't push on it. You just let, let them come back to their love. Yeah. And he is honestly in that realm for me because as I started eating more Indian food, I'm like, this is crap. I mean, it's good, but it's not like this was so unique and everything else. And I feel like everyone needs to see it. What I've eaten from you over the years is unique. It's so you and, and the way you describe it tonight, you talk about where you're from and where that food comes from and where those spices come from. I mean, you're talking about old school spice trails and things like that. Nobody does that kind of food. Is that what adds to the worry that somebody might not like it? Or does that add to the stress? And is that stress sometimes a good thing because you're doing something different? Um, yeah, that is one of the things. Yeah, you know, Indian food is not as popular in Vegas as it is in New York City or San Francisco, LA. Um, so to bring something completely different, um, I mean, we are used to buffets here, like twelve ninety nine buffets, which I don't go to. <laughs> no, um, I don't either. For whatever so, it's worth. So for me, it was more of educating people first. You yeah. know, like it, don't be scared. It's not hard. Everything is not curry. You know, is it curry? Is it curry? What do you cook curry? Right. You know? Well, I mean, you mentioned earlier there's there's upwards of a thousand different types of quote Indian food. Cuisine <laughs> changes yeah. because of what's available around you. You know. Yeah. So, um, and then the, the cooking medium changes, you know, we use coconut oil, some parts of India use uh, mustard oil, you know, refined oil, sunflower. Sure. It de depends on where in India you're from. And uh, I am not even sure about most of the Indian regional cuisines, except for the little... Because thing. you know you grew up with. Yeah. 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 I, I didn't get a chance to travel as much of India as sure. I did. Because, you know, when I was in school, all I had to do was study and do homework and try to be a doctor or engineer. <laughs> That's another story. And why yeah. did you become a chef? Because uh, I refused to go down the, the, you know, the usual path. I wanted to take the road less traveled, you know. Mm -hmm. You take the road less traveled, you reach somewhere new. Absolutely. You know, um, and I wasn't a bad, I was pretty good in school. And, and my mom wanted me to be an engineer. My dad is a doctor, he's an anesthesiologist. So, so but you didn't want to do those things? I did not. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew what I did not want to do. So, so now you guys are here, you're doing this together. Mm -hmm. So for now, let's get back to the, the pop-up at hand. It's the second and fourth Fridays. Mm -hmm. How and long now. do you see this happening? Um, Foreseeable future? Do you have an future. end date? Uh, there's no end date okay. in, in mind right now. Uh, we want to make it all Fridays and expand, expand the menu, you know. Uh, with him getting the alcohol permit, you know, it should be more fun. I was going to say, I saw champagne and spirits on the window, and you did not have a champagne bong in your hand when I walked in. So. <laughs> I have been the back. Just the, for uh, more late night, you know, we want more people to come after the bar, sure. the nightclub, come here, have chicken, or, you know, more drinks here, or just come here and have drinks and go out. And I keep it open uh, more hours. Are, are you I, looking at adding other events to that, like music nights, things like that? So, like, what kinds of things do you have in mind? So, the, the actual Without idea, making you promise anything, what are some of the ideas? No, it's, it's, it's going to be a promise. I mean, this is something we've talked about because the idea is, like, like you said, I, I, I'll support anyone that has a passion to do what they're doing. I want to do, like, where we can support someone like Hamid. Absolutely. You know, and I can try because I, I don't, I'm never here. Like, I'm here with my kids in the morning. Yeah. I'm not here with him. I trust him. I know things are safe and I yeah. know he's going to take care of my business. Um, that way he can get his business. Yeah. The, the end goal is it's not for me to have a concept from him, it's for me to get him a concept. I love that. Um, and that's been the end goal for since day one. And I knew. I want to do like four nights a week. That's kind of been the talk of what we've we've planned. Even since we've closed down Star, yep. was to have a like somewhere where you can come hang out. That's not like crazy rambunctious. Um, it's very intimate. We'll have the bar because we're, we're going. We have a full liquor license coming. Liquor yep. license coming. Um, you know, and we want to have just an intimate small setting. Yeah. And that makes I know for Heyman on the the tail end, he's more comfortable with this as opposed to a 5,000 square foot restaurant with 200 people coming in. Um, right, where you're flipping things every two seconds. Yeah, and because he can, he can spot what he wants and he, what yeah. he wants to do and he can control things. And I feel great with that. So that the idea is for those nights to grow. 
and I think that this is a great playground. The, some of the influencers that came when I, I, I had to pull a lot of strings to do an influencer night because they don't just happen. And I'm like, look, bro, they're coming to see you. Again, you can get in on this deliciousness on the second and fourth Fridays of the month for the foreseeable future. There is no end date that we're aware of from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the Parlor LV on 616 Carson Street, Suite 140. That's downtown parallel to Fremont Street. Pre-ordering is highly encouraged. And you can visit the chef's Instagram at ToddyShopUSA, which has an easy to use link right there in his bio. The news is next. This is Food and Loving. It's time for the news. Rich, what you got? We got some big stuff here. The James Beard Restaurant and Chef finalists, officially called nominees, have been announced. And Las Vegas has a lot to be proud of. Garage East Wine Room and Merchant, nominee for Best Bar Program. Karo Asuchi of Kaiseki Yuzu and Oscar Amador of Anima by EDO. Both nominees for Best Chef Southwest. We'll find Hell out who. Yeah. Hell right? yeah. Hell yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 God bless Go all of Vegas. them. I love all of those places. I would love to see um, all of them, of course, and up with the Beard Award. I've got to say, though, man, as I was dining at Anima this mm. past time, I was just sitting here saying, like, this is the kind of restaurant that people should travel from around the world to Absolutely. come to and check it out. I Absolutely. Mean, Yuzu is also a fantastic restaurant. And Gary's oh, yeah. is just one of the greatest places to hang out in the um, arts district. So I'm, I'm super excited yeah. for all of them. But yeah, I'm going to be a little biased, man. I am so <laughs> I'm pulling so fucking hard for Anima because right. that restaurant is just so good. And the fact that it's my neighborhood restaurant just blows my mind. Right. that I could just pop in there and dine <laughs> at the bar and have those dishes. So That's never sorry. a bad thing. Yeah, I had to jump in there, man. And we'll discover who wins all the awards. Uh, it's a live stream from Chicago in June. Fingers crossed for all the locals. Um, you know, the Las Vegas Strip now has two, count them, two Wahlburgers. The new one opened this Monday in Mandalay Place in the old Burger Bar location. I attended the opening bash, although it was such a fucking madhouse. I really didn't need anything. <laughs> uh, I did, however, get to chat. I mean, you know, you go to these things. Some of them, they're at various levels. But I mean, this was a scene from entourage i mean it was just like so <laughs> it, it really was man and you know they you see mark Wahlberg hailing to his friends who coming in with a bottle a box of more tequila to stock oh up because they're they're partying so hard i mean it was just it's a crazy party um it was it was great to see all that attention coming in there uh, like i said i didn't really eat much but i did get to chat with mark and paul Wahl Wahlberg on the red carpet paul of course being the chef um here's a bit of that starting with mark who lives here in Las Vegas, talking about why the concept works particularly well here. Our best performing store is right across the street, and so we've had nothing but great success here, uh, me personally, both personally and professionally. So I'm so excited to be here. We've got a great partnership with the guys at MGM and Mandalay Bay, and we're doing lots of other cool stuff here. So I'm excited. We're just getting going. Any chance you'll go out to the Burbs with one of these? Absolutely. You know, we do some standalones. We're talking to some various people. Um, but, you know, just kind of starting here and then continuing to grow. But the great thing about it is, we get people from, obviously, you get people from all walks of life coming to all these different resorts and casinos and hotels. And a lot of people who especially have had Wahlburgers in their own hometown, when they want a taste of home, they have a tendency to come to our place, which is great. It's, it's, you know, it's nice to have some comfort food while you're here in a big city like this. And for those who may not have tried the burgers, what would you tell them to expect? Greatness. I can tell you that. I don't First know what all, puts in it, but I know how good they taste. First of all, we make what you want, so you come in, but have the owl burger, which is always the classic. You can We have the Impossible Burger for vegetarians, we have salads, we have all kinds of stuff. So there's lots of great choices for people. And I've been waiting for an event like this <laughs> oh, to come into my ooh, life. I like this. <laughs> now you know why I never went into the rock and roll world. Um, I just hung out with rock bands half my life. Um, anyway, if you couldn't tell from what I was mangling there, it is foreigner. Foreign to me. <laughs> foreign, quite foreign. Yeah. Members you know, of that again because, you know, the first time it kind of felt like the first time. Oh. <laughs> 
Well, we're not in a town without a name, although there is a heavy downpour about to come in, I feel like right now. <laughs> All right. Okay. You know, my what very first concert, by the way, Farner, my eighth grade graduation present from my dad. He took me. Farner, the Kinks, Joan Jett, Lover Boy. I intentionally got there wow. late so as not to see wow. Huey Lewis in the news, because even at the age of 12, I knew that I didn't want to see Huey Lewis in the fucking news. But um, I'm very excited about this for that this reason. Members of the band Foreigner will have a very special show dubbed a VIB show for very important beer on Thursday, April 6th at Soul Belly Barbecue. And of course, participating will be Huddle Brewing, which is right next door to Soul Belly Barbecue. Um, so I guess the deal is they go into a lot of towns and they do these beer focused things um, and members. It's going to be um, who is it? Michael Blaustein, who is a Cicerone, Cer Cicerone certified beer server himself. He's also in Farner. Bruce Watson, who is again in Farner and also a Cicerone certified beer server. And um, Luis Maldonado. Um, they're going to be among the members who will be doing an acoustic set at Soul Belly and also having conversation with fans talking about beer right in the heart of the arts district. <laughs> As I said, Huddle supplying the beer, Bruce Coleman supplying the brisket and other barbecue. Tickets start at $25 with the pricier VIP packages available. All of them you can find on Eventbrite. And they recorded a little video together to promote the thing. So here's a clip from that. We're going to be performing at Soul Belly, and uh, we do an acoustic set of Foreigner songs. And it's a VIB, very important beer event. But in this case, it might be very important brisket, brisket. and beer. VIB. <laughs> yeah. VIB. Yeah, um, it. It's a great time. Come on down. We'll sign some stuff. We'll chat with you. We'll have a drink. We'll have some to eat. We'll, but we'll definitely play some music. We'll get to know each other. You're going to hear some foreigner songs you know and love. Yeah. And we're going to drink some beers together and hang out and have a blast. Right. Sounds like amazing we'll time. April 6th at Soul Belly Barbecue kicks off at 7 p.m. I wonder <laughs> if I could like get in and play the triangle somewhere in the background because I too am a Cicerone certified beer server. So I'm just saying maybe I can get in on this. Probably and not. That you feel that qualifies you to be in Foreigner? No, hey, I'll just sit back there and hit the little triangle or whatever I can get me I'm pretty in sure now. they had to do more at their audition than just serve beer. I'm guessing, Damn it. you know. I had to try. Then again, maybe not. They've been in the band since high school. Maybe that was the fucking thing, right? Pour me a beer. You're in the band. Right. Um, you know, and this is my weekly reminder of two big culinary supportive events that you can participate in, uh, participate in to help your community and spread great works with and through the hospitality industry here in Las Vegas. Of course, I'm talking about Saturday, April 15th, which will be the Chefs for Kids fundraising dinner. It is the 31st annual dinner. We're holding it at the Palms Hotel and Casino this year. We are honoring the works of Chris john's i saw him today at the Did pizza you? expo That's yeah awesome. he was yeah, judging and yes it was great to see him he's so a good guy we're super excited to to be highlighting him and his career individual tickets start at 250 per person tables for 10 starting at 2500 and higher including various sponsorship opportunities both silent and live auctions dinner drinks and we've mentioned before you get to hang out with al and i as we MC the evening Tickets and more information are available at chefsforkids.org. And then just about a month later, Picnic in the Alley returns to downtown Las Vegas on Sunday, May 21st, an event curated by women for everyone, benefiting the Shade Tree Las Vegas. More information and tickets at picnicinthealley.com. And don't forget, ticket prices go up after April 1st. Oh, my. Feel free to reach out to those websites, check out those places, uh, or just reach out to me on socials and we can have a chat. And that, I believe, is about it for this week. Big thanks to all of our guests. Hamat Kishor, Antonio Nunez, Mark and Paul Wahlberg, Scott Wiener, John Arena, Tony Gemignani, and coming into us via their EPK, the members of Foreigner. There you wow. go. Tell a friend about Food and Loathing, available at the usual podcast places. Check Al's musings and postings on the major social media sites. Just search Food and Loathing. And reach us directly by email, info at foodandloathing.vegas. And if you haven't done it yet, and this is my weekly reminder to say, wag my finger and say, why not? Download the Neon Feast app. Use it to find your next dining destination. Whatever you need and whatever you want, you'll find it on the Neon Feast app or neonfeast.com. Want to see Al on TV? Hear him on the radio? There's that weekly appearance on Wake Up with the CW every Friday around 8.30 a.m., 
Catch y'all all weekend long at the Neon Feast update on the Vibe, 99.7 in Vegas, 98.1 in the high desert, 98.9 at the river. Also every Thursday morning around 8, 10 a.m. on the club. That's AM 670 KMZQ. And if you are interested in what I'm up to, you can always find me at Wishbone and Vine. With Samantha Gemini Stevens and Rich Johnson, I'm Al Mancini. Stay hungry. Stay hungry.